podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to the wildcard episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. The wildcard has finally been activated and it's proven a lot trickier to put together than I had anticipated a few weeks ago. Haaland's not been fit for Game 20 and the imminent departures of Salah and Son makes it a puzzle that needs to be solved before Saturday's deadline, which is 11am UK time. Today's episode, the run and order will be slightly different than usual. A quick review of Gimmick 19, a wildcard watch list, stats from Gimmick 19, listener questions, captaincy, which is tricky this week, and I'll finish with a run-through of my latest wildcard draft, which is changing by the hour. A quick review of Game Week 19 before some of these troops depart the army for new incoming soldiers. The one-week punt before the wildcard was not very exciting. The outfield 10 was in good shape, so I ended up selling the injured Sam Johnston because I didn't want to play Turner, and I brought in Allison. Couldn't afford the Schumacher's to Trent move, so I thought I would insure myself with Allison for the Liverpool clean sheet if it happened, which it did. So that turned out to be a good move. Six-pointer from the goalkeeper, which is something I haven't had for quite a while. Finished on 43 points. Tiny green arrow, 72k to 71k, maybe even 70k. So basically a grey arrow, no movement, but I'll take that in what was a pretty disappointing game week across the board. Alisson the six-pointer, Poro the hero, conceding four goals and coming away with five points. Definitely someone who stays on the wild card. Gabriel and Trippier blanked. Gordon also blanked. Both Newcastle guys are gone. They've got three tricky fixtures coming up. So those two spots need to be filled. Captain Salah blanked, as did Saka tonight, recording on Thursday night. Son chipped in with an assist. Alvarez with a very welcome eight-pointer from the penalty spot. And there was a blank for Watkins, but he'll probably survive. Solanke chipped in again with, I think, might be, is that six goals in four or five games? Going to be very difficult to lose him on the wild card. And I think in the latest draft, he might not be in it. But there's a very good chance that he will be. He will remain because a player in that kind of form, playing in a very decent team now, is very hard to sell. On the bench, Gusto, the only active option on the bench, stuck on the bench with an eight-pointer. Big question is whether to keep him or not on the wild card as well. Turner did nothing, and Palmer and Shimakis were not available. So 70k going into the new wildcard squad. There was no podcast over the Christmas Day, Boxing Day period, but... I had a look back on the last two game weeks, so game week 18 and game week 19, just to make sure nobody slipped through the nets in terms of 59th minute appearances. Everybody is safe, no new members joining the club over the last two game weeks. Hopefully, there'll be plenty more to come in the new year. Moving on now to the wildcard watch list. This is the pool of, I think it's 33 or 34 players that I need to whittle down to 15. 
by the deadline on Saturday morning. So going to go position by position, share some of my thoughts, and then you'll get the latest draft at the end of the episode. So the goalkeeper position, first of all, is one of the trickiest as it has been all season. I've made four or five drafts over the last couple of days and I've probably had a different goalkeeper in each draft. So one thing that I think is likely, Turner, the 3.9 Forest goalkeeper, will probably just stay on the bench because he is an active goalkeeper. Hopefully I will never need him, but when you've got a 3.9 goalkeeper who currently plays, maybe not for much longer, but he is playing at the moment, so he probably will stay on the bench and I'll just spend the minimum on that second goalkeeper spot. Big question then is, which goalkeeper do you actually go for as a set and forget in the starting 11? I've had Pickford in there, but I don't love the short-term fixtures for Everton. I like Neto at Bournemouth at 4.6. Bournemouth will have an extra fixture at some point, which makes him a little bit more attractive than some of the others. David Raya, who saved a penalty on Thursday night, is an option as well. But one thing to be careful of down the line, I think it's possibly game 28. When he plays Brentford again, he won't be available. And can I rely on Turner that week? Will he still have his place? So that gives me slight pause. But David Raya is certainly in the thinking. Emmy Martinez is quite high in my thoughts because Aston Villa are top of the scout fixture ticker for the next seven or eight game weeks. So purely as a fixtures pick, Emmy Martinez is an option, but at 5.2, he's getting a little bit more expensive now. And in my latest draft, Ederson somehow made it and I treated myself to a premium goalkeeper in Allison just to see what it felt like for one game week in game week 19. Felt good to get a clean sheet. Although Ederson doesn't get many of those, the question is, can he get them and can Manchester City pick up more clean sheets over the next, say, nine or ten game weeks before the second wildcard? And of course, Manchester City, like Bournemouth, will have a double game week at some point. So that does make Ederson attractive. I'm not really interested in Manchester City defenders. There's not much attack and threat there. There's plenty of rotation. So I do think the safest route in is Ederson. It's whether I want to pay 5.5 million or not for him. But he's certainly up there. Probably Ederson, Martinez, Raya are probably up there as the three I'm considering most at the moment. But I could still end up going cheaper with someone like a Neto. Maybe even Ariola. Back-to-back clean sheets. Very impressive performance against Arsenal. Could it be back-to-budget goalkeepers, Ariola and Turner? Tempting, but given the cash is not an issue with the big boys away and Haaland injured... I don't think I'll be on the Ariola turner double up. Going to probably use a bit of the cash that's available to maybe spend a little bit more than I usually would on the goalkeeper position. So very unsettled on this one. Leaning towards, like I said, maybe spend a bit more. Someone like a Raya instead of going for a Gabriel, which would maybe open up a more exciting defensive pick like in a Stupinen, who scored off the bench on Thursday night. Martinez possibly just a purely fixtures pick. Get him in. And then Ederson is the probably boring pick. Maybe there's not, you know, there's probably not much you can back up with it given the lack of clean sheets so far this season. But I'm trying to look ahead to what might happen rather than what has happened in the past. So Ederson is definitely in the picture.
Moving on to the defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold has not been in my team recently and he's been scoring a lot of FPL points. He is definitely in on the wildcard. Despite some trickier fixtures coming up for Liverpool, I just think he's absolutely on it and he's back to his best as an FPL prospect. Don't care about the price. He is in. Pedro Porra will definitely stay. So straight away there is two of my starting defensive players picks locked in question then is do i keep gabriel he's been in a lot of my drafts at five million very happy to see him finally get back to his starting price having dropped all the way down to 4.7 at one stage gabriel has been in a lot of drafts like i said i could maybe go david Wright instead for the arsenal clean sheets and then get a more attacking defender than gabriel in the third defensive spot so some of the options i've been considering is stupanan who i was on at the start of the season good to see him back to fitness brightener near the top of the fixture ticker as well along with aston villa alex moreno is an option now that luca dean looks to have picked up an injury hopefully we get some clarity on that time frame on friday in the pressers the issue with Going for a Moreno, I find, is given that January is very quiet, there's not too many FPL deadlines, it gives Luka Dean time to recover and come back as you know th- a threat to Moreno's place in the team. So if I end up going for a Villa defender, it probably would be the more boring, safe Consa for a little bit cheaper, or else I swear if the defenders all together and I get Martinez as the goalkeeper. Other players briefly looked at Alfie Doughty at Luton but I don't think I will end up there Botman's back on the watch list because he's fit again but if I'm losing Trippier and Gordon due to the dip in Newcastle's form and three very difficult fixtures coming up Botman won't make the wildcard squad but he is possibly one to come back to in four or five game weeks time elsewhere Gusto might survive now that he's kind of filling in for East James while he's injured hopefully that continues Picked up the assist. I managed to very luckily get two assists from him off the bench way back in game week three or four. Colwell's been on the watch list for a while. I don't think he'll make the cut because reduced minutes slightly recently and when you can get Gusto for a lot cheaper, I picked him up at four million a long time ago. So I'm not going to pay extra for Colwell when I can just keep Gusto at a four million price tag. If I wanted to be a little bit more secure in terms of minutes, longer term, Instead of Gusto, I could go for someone like a Branthwaite. So, in summary, defenders Trent and Poro are definitely in. I'm not sure whether to keep Gabriel or not. Consa has a decent chance of being in there. And Estupinen has definitely emerged Thursday night as a very tempting option because we know his FPL pedigree and Brighton have the fixtures as well. And no European rotation to worry about for a month or two. Midfielders... Salah and Son on the wildcard watch list have been in the team for a while. Big question is, do you keep both of them and then phase them out like the non-wildcarders are doing? Do you keep just one of them and then sell them the week after? Or do you bite the bullets, get rid of both of them, get through the fear of missing out for one game week only, and then you're hopefully one or two steps ahead of other managers in terms of transfers that you're making. So while other managers are selling Son, and Salah over the next week or two I can hopefully move on to some other emerging targets so again I've made a few drafts some of them had both players some of them had just one and I think the most recent one has neither player so I think I've gone away from the idea of keeping both I just think that books in too many transfers and doesn't make much sense on a wild card especially when 
Haaland's going to have to come back in at some point. So that's kind of three transfers if you're losing two midfielders and getting Haaland back in as well. But certainly open to the idea of possibly keeping one of Salah or Son with captaincy in mind for game week 20 and then booking in a transfer for game week 21. So we'll talk about that more when I get to the draft. Palmer is definitely staying because he's extremely cheap. He takes penalties. He's got decent fixtures. Jared Bowen is almost definitely coming back in. He was in my team early in the, earlier in the season. Haven't been able to get back to him yet with free transfer, so it'll be good to have him back. Picked up another assist, quite a controversial assist on in that Arsenal fixture, but just always finds a way to get FPL points. Saka and Odegaard are on the watch list. Saka's been in my team for a while and he's very likely to stay. I'm just trying to figure out whether I double up straight away with Saka and Odegaard or could it be a Salah or a Son to Odegaard or someone else in that position uh, a week later in Game Week 21? So at the moment, Saka very likely to stay and there's a good chance Odegaard might come in as well, regardless of the West Ham result. I'm not reading too much into that one. Richarlison on the watch list. I did have Kulisevsky as well, but Kulisevsky is now suspended for Game Week 20, having picked up his fifth yellow card on Thursday night. So that rules Kulisevsky out. Richarlison only played, I think, about 65 minutes. Hit the post, but Tottenham in general, I'm kind of worried about them a bit. A lot of injuries. I don't think it's going to help that Sun's going to be out of the picture. A creative force for Richarlison. So I'm not as high on the Brazilian as some other wildcarders are. So he's probably not going to make the cuts. Garnacho's on the watch list. Another player who's emerged big time this week with his brace, had a goal ruled out as well. 4.7 million for a nailed-on Manchester United attacker. As poor as we've been this season, Garnacho's been a bit of a shining light in recent game weeks and has played his way into a first-team regular. And we know there is goals in this guy and surely there's assists as well. So if I end up on a 3-4-3 formation... I like Garnacho as the fifth midfielder as a first sub most game weeks. Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva are on the wildcard watch list as well. Manchester City have, I think they've got two of the promoted teams in the next three game weeks. So I was playing around with basically a Manchester City wildcard draft earlier, which had, which had Alvarez, it had Foden and it had Ederson. So that's one route I'm exploring. You know, how do you get an edge with a wild card? Not too many people will have triple city for the next three game weeks. If it pays off, it could be very good for overall rank. So Foden and Bernardo. Bernardo's a good bit cheaper. I think he's 6.4. Foden's around 7.2. If I do go for a Manchester City midfielder, Foden is the one I favour. And I'm very, very tempted to get there. It might come down to 3-4-3 versus 3-5-2. So whether I keep Solanke or not. And if I don't keep Solanke, someone like a Foden comes in then instead in a 3-5-2. So that's one of the big decisions I'm kind of wrestling with over the last day or two. Douglas Louise is on the watch list as well. Aston Villa, I think he's a really good FPL asset this season. Lots of routes to points, but looking at my last couple of drafts, he hasn't made it into any of them. So summary of the midfielders... It's going to be either one of Salah and Son or none of them. Palmer stays. Bowen's almost definitely coming in. Saka very likely to stay as well. And if it's a 3-4-3, Garnacho will make it as well. Forwards, I think, is probably the easiest. It's just a question of 
Do I have two of them or three of them in terms of starters? Watkins has been in my team since game week one. Excellent fixture coming up in game week 20, home to Burnley. Captaincy candidates, if I don't have Salah and Son come deadline, Watkins definitely stays. Solanke I mentioned a few times. I find it very hard to sell a player who's in the kind of form Solanke is in. Two tricky enough fixtures on paper. I think it's Tottenham and Liverpool off the top of my head. But again, the way Bournemouth are playing, the way Solanke's playing, watching Tottenham on Thursday night, conceding four goals to Brighton, I want Solanke for that Tottenham fixture. So I think I'm leaning towards keeping him, which means 3-4-3, because Alvarez, who I was planning to sell all along for the last couple of weeks, once I got to wildcard time, because I thought Haaland would be back. But now that Haaland is not back for game week 20, or at least that's what it looks like on current information, it makes no sense to sell Alvarez in my eyes. So he's been frustrating, but I was very happy to see him get me eight points in the most recent game week. And that has bought him some time. So it's looking like a Watkins, Solanke, Alvarez front three. If I go 3-5-2, Solanke would be the one to drop out. And someone like a Foden would come in. The other options in Kunku is tempting as a wild carder. But I don't think he's a better pick than Watkins, Solanke or Alvarez. He's probably fourth in line there. And if I end up on a 3-5-2 formation, it would be instead of Garnacho as, a, as an eighth attacker... It would be either Chris Wood or Archer. And even though Chris Wood just scored a hat-trick, I would probably save the 0.3 and go for Archer because I'm going to be very careful with my team structure. That's why I like players like Garnacho, Archer and Matt Turner because there's going to come a point where Haaland's back in the team, Son needs to come back in, Salah needs to come back in and every penny could be crucial, especially for me as a Gimme 20 wildcarder. My team value is pretty low. So that is the player pool that I am looking at. I will reveal the latest draft soon. A few stats now from the Scout members area from Game Week 19. Just had a look as soon as Game Week 19 finished. Defenders Trents and Udogi, both players created four chances. Pedro Porro created three. Midfielders Phil Foden, seven goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. Very attractive option. Michael Alicia Crystal Palace had six shots in the box. Took the most recent Crystal Palace penalty as well. Probably should be on my wildcard watch list, but he's not there because I don't think he's in the top five midfield options. Hyungman Son had five goal attempts, four shots in the box. Very hard to sell him, but it's a case of one week, so maybe I just let him go and hide behind the sofa when Son is playing in Gimme 20, and then wave him off to the Asian Cup from the window. Garnacho four goal attempts, three shots inside the box. He also had that goal ruled out, which won't be registered in the stats. So basically four shots in the box, five goal attempts for him, which is very attractive at 4.7. Up front, Alvarez, as he often does, creating chances. Four chances created and four shots in the box. So good numbers for Alvarez in Game Week 19, which is promising ahead of Game Week 20. Possibly a captaincy candidate at home to Sheffield United. Isak had six shots in the box for Newcastle, but again, some tricky fixtures upcoming. And Solanke had three shots in the box, so he continues to post decent underlying numbers. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get iTest podcasts every week. Thursday night live streams. It's going to be a Friday night live stream this week. The wildcard tinkering and hopefully finalizing it. Q&As, team reveals and more. 
Thanks to everyone who sent the questions across. First one from FPL Tom with six defeats in their last seven matches in all competitions. Should we be worried about our Newcastle assets? Tom owns both Trippier and Gordon and I'm wondering whether now is the best time to jump off them. So I think it is an okay time to lose them. Liverpool next, then Man City, then Aston Villa. Three of the best teams in the league in the next three game weeks. So I think there's better options out there than Trippier and Gordon in the short term. And they're players that we possibly go back to in a couple of weeks' time. Question from FPL Gerald. Who would you recommend as the best replacements for Son and Salah? So, obviously, wildcarders are looking to sell these guys, as are everyone else who are using free transfers to do so. The best candidates, I think, are probably the Arsenal guys, Saka and Odegaards. Take your pick of those two, or maybe whichever one you don't already own. Jared Bowen, for me, is right up there as one of the most steady eddies in the game. Plays all the minutes, and he's on 11 goals now for the season. Phil Foden, I'm very interested in for Manchester City's fixtures, and a possible double game soon as well. And I did have Richarlison down here, but after watching the Thursday night fixture, and him getting not... A huge amount of minutes again. He's slightly down the peck in order for me now than he was maybe before that game. So Saka, Odegaard, Bowen and Foden. And obviously players like Palmer, if you don't already own him, are great options as well. Albeit a lot cheaper. Question from FPL Bafana. After their come-from-behind victory against Villa, can we start considering Manchester United players again for our FPL teams as the fixtures look good until game week 27? Or is it too early to forget the early season pain of owning Bruno and Rashford? I'm certainly not ready to go back to Bruno or Rashford. Onana was an option, but he's got AFCON, so that rules him out short-term. I think when you've got Bruno and Rashford who are, whatever they are, 8 plus million, you can't really go there when you've got a Garnacho at the moment at 4.7. So for me, when it comes to Manchester United, I'm not getting too carried away about one comeback victory. Hopefully it does kick us on to some better performances and more importantly, some more FPL options for us to choose from when the other guys are away. But for me, the only one I'm willing to touch on a wild card is Garnacho at 4.7. Hoyland scored his first goal of the season. He's 6.8. Slightly tempting, but again, the others I mentioned earlier, I prefer more. And I like Nkunku more than Hoyland as well. So Garnacho only is my answer to the Manchester United question. Next one's from FPL Brooklyn. What are my thoughts on Nkunku? Again, probably covered this earlier. My notes here just say Watkins, Solanke and Alvarez are better options. And even... If I did end up in a three-five-two, like I said earlier, I actually, pref- I actually, rather than going for an Nkunku, I prefer a three-five-two formation with an Archer or a Wood and an extra midfielder like a Foden, probably even a Richarlison over an Nkunku at the moment. A few questions now, more geared towards the wildcarders. For those of us on the wildcard from Garrett, should we keep funds available to get Haaland in one move? And also, is it wise to keep Son or Salah for one week to captain them in game week 20? So on the Son-Salah thing, first of all, I don't think we should keep both players. I think it's okay to keep one of them. And in particular, if you think Salah, for example, is the best captaincy candidate in game week 20, you probably should keep him and captain him. And you can say the same about Son as well. And then you look to sell them the week after. I think that's an absolutely fine strategy. And I think... I think I probably will end up keeping one of them 
and I'm probably leaning towards Salah at the moment. I like that fixture at home to Newcastle for Mohamed Salah. Watching Tottenham, like I said, I'm slightly concerned about them. I think Liverpool are the better team at the moment, which much less injury concerns, ticking along very nicely. So I think I'm leaning towards keeping Salah, selling Son, and then back to the question about Haaland funds. Should we keep funds available to get Haaland in one move? I think there's a good chance this is the wild, kind of wildcard approach I might end up on. I might go into give me 20 with about 7 million in the bank, which feels very, very odd. But I do like the idea of being able to get Haaland in one move whenever he's available, even if that's as soon as give me 21, give me 22. Um, although I'm contradicting myself there because if I do keep Salah, it might be a minus four to get Haaland if he's back for give me 21. So in that case, I might wait till give me 22. Let's say I don't go for Son or Salah. Let's say I settle on a on a on a draft without those two. What I would probably do in that case would be seven million odd in the bank, Alvarez and Solanke up front, and then you sell one of those strikers to get Haaland in one free transfer, even if he's back as soon as game week twenty one. So it's a viable strategy. It's probably more viable to keep that money in the bank if you go without Son and Salah to begin with but it's certainly something to keep in mind Dog is barking she doesn't like that idea so I need to go get her a treat and I'm going to pause this and I will resume in a second Right, Dog's happy again hopefully we're back Question from Always Losing FPL for those of us on wildcard, is it worth going for Alvarez and keeping at least seven million in the bank? Then we could do Alvarez to Haaland if he's fit for the Newcastle game. So I've basically just covered that one. Don't know why I put the same question in again. Next one is from FPL Stonks. Is it worth holding Son or Salah through Afcon and Asia Cup because of the money tied up in them? Yeah, so some people will have got on, you know, Salah and Son quite a long time ago. So we'll have a lot of value tied up and we'll have to pay more to get them back in. But I just think with these two, because they're going to miss three or four game weeks possibly, it's too much cash for me to keep on the bench. So I think you do sell them. Their prices, both of their prices will probably drop a bit anyway. So it won't be as expensive as it is right now to buy them back in. You know, come February time when we're doing it, hopefully they've come down a pip or two. So I don't think it's worth holding on to them. But there probably is a viable strategy if you're, let's say you're not wildcarding and your squad is in very good shape and if you can hide someone like a son on your bench for a couple of weeks, it's it's probably it's probably okay for certain teams and certain scenarios. But I just think for most cases, they're too expensive. You know, get players in, use the money to get players in, get points on the board and then figure out how to get them back at a later date. Question from... Atalanta Arsenal is it okay to spend the whole budget accumulated from the sales of Haaland Salah and Son or should we sit on it until we want all three of them back eventually this is something we need to be very careful of because before we know it we will want to spend a lot of money again on Haaland Salah and Son that's why I'm going to be very careful with my 13th 14th and 15th picks on the wildcard they're going to be probably as budget as you can get because I want it to be as easy as possible to get the big hitters back in when the time is right and we need to remember if we are selling them if we do have value tied up in them it's going to be more costly to get those players back in so it's probably getting the balance right get a good squad for yourself for the next few weeks but also 
probably do keep some money aside or at least have a very clear plan of how you can get back to X, Y and Z players. Next one's from Jens. Who's the best Manchester City player in defence and in midfield? So Foden is my midfielder of choice. Kevin De Bruyne is back training, but I don't think we can go there just yet. He's surely going to be eased back in, so we can't rely on him for minutes. I think the best defender is Kyle Walker, because I think I'm right in saying he's played 90 minutes in every Premier League game this season. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. He is 5.3 million. I've played around with the Ederson draft. If I don't end up going for Ederson... I'll probably give Kyle Walker some more thought on Friday as well. Just a fixtures pick, one for the double game week down the line. So Walker is the best defender for minutes, and I think Foden is the best midfielder. But like I said earlier, Ederson might be the best route into the Manchester City defence. Final questions from Shane. How important is it to factor in the the upcoming double when making transfers or should we wait until we have a date given Manchester City players rotation risk so we don't have information yet people are talking about maybe around game week 25 game week 26 possibly for double game weeks but at the moment we don't have specific information so for that reason I'm not going to let it weigh too much on my decisions I have mentioned obviously like Neto or Senesi from Bournemouth for example, we'll have an extra fixture that obviously makes Solanke more attractive as well. The Manchester City guys, but it's more about they're good picks anyway, even if they didn't have the extra fixture. You know, your Foden's, your Alvarez's, your Ederson's, your Solanke's, Neto's, they're all good picks anyway. It's it's just a bonus that they're going to have an extra fixture at some point. But because we don't know when that is, I'm not, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to influence my decision too much. There probably will be some some part of it. You know, I might end up on two Manchester City assets, maybe even three. Whereas if if there wasn't an extra fixture coming up, maybe I would just go with Alvarez and then just switch him to Haaland at a later date. So I don't think it's overly important, but obviously just do keep in mind those couple of teams that have one extra fixture to play. Game week 20 captaincy now. I think it's pretty wide open. There's no Haaland it looks like to choose from. So do we go for an Alvarez if we own him at home to Sheffield United? I'm going to find it very hard to captain Alvarez given how frustrating he's been to watch. But much better performance and FPL points in the most recent game week. So he will be in my thinking. Foden's a captaincy candidate for those who own him or those who pick him on a wild card as well. Elsewhere, Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold are captaincy candidates at home to Newcastle. I said earlier I like that fixture for Salah. If I keep him, there's probably a good chance I will captain him. Son and Richarlison I've got down here against Bournemouth. Obviously, I like Son more than Richarlison as a captain for that fixture, but I may not own him. Watkins, a good captaincy candidate at home to Burnley. I think he's right up there as one of the best ones because Burnley are arguably one of the weakest teams in the league this season. Saka and Odegaard are captaincy candidates away to Fulham. Palmer's away to Luton. And you've got Bowen in the last game of the game week. So that game is not until Tuesday, I think. Bowen at home to Brighton is certainly a captaincy candidate as well. So obviously I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet because I don't know which players are actually going to be in the squad. But I think the prime candidates at the moment are probably Watkins at home to Burnley. Alvarez at home to Sheffield United and then Salah 
if he survives or not. The latest wildcard draft. This has actually probably changed a bit since I put the notes together before the games tonight. But I'll mention what has changed. I'll run through it first of all. So this was a draft I put together on Thursday evening. This is definitely going to change a few times before Saturday. Martinez in goal. Good fixtures. Set and forget goalkeeper with Turner on the bench. A defence of Trent, Poro and Gabriel. A midfield of Saka, Odegaard, Palmer, Bowen and Phil Foden. I did have Foden slash Richardson here, but I think I like Foden more now. So that means no Son and no Salah. Up front, 3-5-2 formation, Watkins and Alvarez. So this draft does not have Solanke and it has 7.5 million in the bank. So the idea there would be as soon as Haaland is fit, Alvarez goes to Erling Haaland, free transfer, no fuss and no Salah or Son sales to worry about. The bench in this one is Archer. Gusto and Branthwaite. So what's changed since I put that one together? I think Solanke was back in my most recent one. So it was a 3-4-3 formation, which meant I think Foden dropped out of it to accommodate the 3-4-3. And I think Salah might have been in it over one of the Arsenal midfielders. So it was probably Saka and Salah. And then you would do something like Salah to Odegaard or another player next week. So that's where I'm at. I'm unsure on the goalkeeper position. Trent and Porro are definitely going to be in. I think Saka and Bowen and Palmer are definitely going to be in. Watkins and Alvarez are definitely going to be in. And there's question marks over those players. You know, Foden versus Solanke. Do I go, do I take Gabriel out and put in a Stupinen and then maybe go for a David Raya? So little combinations that I just need to figure out before Saturday. But we're not a million miles away from a finalized squad hopefully there's no major news in the pressers on friday thank you for taking the time to listen folks best of luck for gaming 20 and happy new year when it comes i hope your 2024 is filled with green arrows and i hope you've enjoyed the podcast this calendar year if you're not interested in the patreon stuff you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash fpl general anyone who does so gets invited to my fpl discord server Talk to you soon, folks. Sports Social Podcast Network.